Praise the Lord. Good morning, church. Are we excited to be in his presence today? We give God the glory. Amen. As you have heard, our pastors and friends, he's going to be preaching six times this week. So please do pray for him and keep him in your prayers. Really excited to stand before you today and bring word of encouragement. So listen, uh, you get stuck with me for the next 30 minutes. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, my friend, Pastor Bill, what's that? Bill, you, you must be uh, in here. He always uh, tell me this. Zach, did you know that God loves you and he'll put a big smile on his face? If you know Bill, this is him. He get excited, amen? So whenever we met over the phone or, or you just see me, he would tell me like, Zach, did you know that God loves you? Amen? So listen, we're going to practice right now, amen? So I want you to look at the person next to you. Tell me like, did you know that God loves you? Please, when you say this, say it as you mean it. So put excitement, okay? Let's go. One, two, three. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Oh, his love is the foundation of our relationship with him and the secret of a victorious prayer life. Listen, the love of God is the motivation of heaven. You will never discover the secret of a great relationship with God without tapping into the power of his love. Amen? Have you ever prayed without receiving an answer? Or you move from bad to worse. You pray for something. God, please give me this. Do this for me. And then you watch, under your watch, while you're praying, and your situation moves from bad to worse. And sometimes you feel like, God, are you there? You love me. You listen to my prayers. I've been crying out to you. But I can't hear anything. But listen, you're not alone. That's why today we're going to meditate on six verses from Psalms 13. One of the prayer time of King David himself. Shall we pray before we continue? Everlasting Father, we are so grateful to be in your presence. We strongly believe today you have blessings upon blessings for each and every one of us, O oh God. So as we look unto you, O oh Father... As we cry unto you even right now, O oh Lord, may you reveal to us, O oh God, the power of your love. May our prayer time, O oh God, and prayer love will be transformed, O oh Lord, by the power of your love in the name of Jesus. Bring about the revelation, O oh God, of that love of yours, O oh God. Help us to grow in the knowledge of our Savior and Lord. So, Father, you know the need of each and every one of us, O oh God. Our prayer, O oh Lord Jesus that you come to our lives even today. Even at this few minutes, oh God, that we spend into, into your presence, may you speak to us, oh Lord, in a very personal way in the name of Jesus. Cast every veil of darkness, oh God, every oh God, misunderstanding, oh Lord, every confusion, oh God, and the distraction from the kingdom of darkness we nullify in the name of Jesus. We want to hear your voice and your voice alone, Lord. So, Father, I stand before you, O oh God, not holding on to nothing else but you and your wisdom alone. And your power, O oh Father, so speak through me. I'm nothing but an instrument of glory into the hands of most high God, O oh Father. Strengthen all of us, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray also for Pastor Paul at the same times in France, O oh God, even as you will use him throughout this week. O oh God, our prayer, O oh Father, O oh Lord, that you touch many lives through him in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We lift your name up in this moment and this very hour. That, oh God, the most of it will be for your glory, oh Lord Jesus. All of it for your glory, Jesus. 
that your name will be glorified, the body will be strengthened, our faith encouraged, O oh Lord, as we move forward in serving you, O oh Lord, and living our life for you. So be the exalted Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Now I want us to look together at verse 1 of that Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? What a depressing way to start a prayer time. This is a man that you know he's been praying for a long time. So this is not just like a, a, a prayer time that's like, based on God, I want something to do for me. No, he has been praying. He was praying for a long time without an answer. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? So that means that is a long time. He started believing God forget him for pretty much long time, forever. That means eternity time. Remember, this is a man of God. Amen. The man after God's heart. Praying this way. How long will you hide your face from me? He started believing God is hiding his face from him. Listen, church, if God hides his face from us, we're all in trouble. He was so discouraged, start believing that God is hiding his face from him. This is a prayer time. Depression already kicks in. Can you imagine that? You start feeling lonely. Start feeling no, nobody cares. Even God himself turned his face away from you. It's a very depressing situation. It's a man that called the Lord his Lord. He called God his Lord. That means God is the Lord over his life. Verse 2. How long must I wrestle in my thought? With my thought. That means like he's struggling even in his thinking. All the negativity, the discouragement, the darkness of life is rising up against him. And he's wrestling in his heart. And because of that, look what he said. And day after day, have, no, have sorrow in my heart. That means day after day, he completely lost joy. He has sorrow, bitterness. He has no joy in him. I hope we be honest before God today. Some of us, we can identify ourselves with what he's saying. Because we are here. If you have never prayed without an answer, I did, I know what he's talking about. So it's on every one of us. If we're going to be honest, some of you even quit praying. Or you just call somebody to pray for that prayer point. Or you spend times in God's presence asking him for a need. And deeply within your heart, you discourage. And you just do a religious prayer without expecting nothing from the Lord. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. This is a musician. This is a person worship leader. Can you imagine that? He said, I have no joy. Only sorrow in the days of my life. He's just being sincere and honest before God. How long will my enemy triumph over me? So he start losing ground now. He start failing. No victory. Have you ever prayed with no victory in your life? We ever cry out to the Lord to the point like you get discouraged. Most of the times we conclude, oh, it's not his will. And then we quit. Most of the times we just came up with a reason that will just make us believe, that feeling good, that yeah, he still loves me, but oh, I don't really don't understand, so I just quit. King David is saying like he starts losing ground. His enemies are triumphing, triumphing over him. The only line of prayer in this Psalms is verse 3. Look on me and answer me, Lord my God. 
He said, please, answer me, look on me, and answer me. Have you ever prayed desperately to this point, telling God, you forget about me? You hide your face from me. My thoughts, I'm wrestling in my mind, in my heart. I have no peace. Only sorrow in my heart. I lost the joy. Only sorrow. I stopped failing. My enemy are triumphing even right now. Look at me and answer me, Lord my God. And then he continues to say, give light to my eyes. Please enlighten my darkness. Let me have an iota of hope. A drop of hope in my strong situation that I'm dealing with. That is powerful. Or I will sleep in death. That is bad. So he's telling to God, unless you do something, I will be no more. You got to do something in my situation, God. If not, I will sleep the sleep of death. And then he continues, and my enemy will say I have overcome him. He said that my enemy will, will shout victory. And my force will rejoice when I fall. He said to God, you know what, God, what can happen? And then if I've been destroyed completely, then my enemy will celebrate. Maybe some will say, well, he's God. That is powerful. You know, the Bible really didn't explain in details what David was expecting from the Lord. But we know this is a desperate prayer that led even to depression. And as pastor of the prayer ministry of this church, I pray with many people right in this place that linger on those three verses that life has no meaning has no sense for them they have trusted God to the point of discouragement they have waited upon him nothing has happened it's so amazing when you look at from verse 1 when he cried out to the Lord you forget about me you hide your face from me heaven was silent God didn't say a word in verse 2, I wrestle with my thoughts. I have sorrow day after day. My enemy are triumphing. God did not say a word to King David. Have you experienced silence in your prayer time? You get on your knees and you start expecting God going to move. God, gonna, God is, oh, is it, it has to be quick, Lord. I need an answer within a week. It's been two weeks. Nothing is happening. But silence. God was silenced in verse 1, 2, and 3. Verse 4 as well. And he's telling to God, unless you do something now, my enemy can celebrate when I be no more. They will rejoice. And look at verse 5. But I trust in your unfailing love. Regardless of what I'm going through, Lord, now I can trust in your unfailing love, I know you love me. Amen. Something is happening here. A minute ago, he's telling to the Lord, listen, I'm going to sleep the sleep of death. I've been waiting, only silence, I can't hear nothing from you. Lord, I'm giving up. But there's a but on verse 5. Remember, God's still silent. He didn't say a word to David. And David said, you know what, God? Yes, you didn't come through. Yes, my situation is tough. Yes, I don't have what I need from you. But I still believe that you love me and I will trust your unfailing love. This is powerful, church. That's amazing. Trusting that he loves you in the midst of darkness. 
in the tough moment of life where you feel abandoned, gain strength and believe this God that you have trusted in loves you. And you can trust his love. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. And he continued in that verse. And my heart rejoices in your salvation. Now guess what? Now when he came back to his senses to trust God that loves him, now the joy is coming back. Amen? Amen. Amen. His joy is coming back. He said, my heart will rejoice in your salvation. Not only eternal salvation, but salvation from the situation that he's going through, that the Lord is able to do what? To save him. I will rejoice in your salvation. That is amazing. That is wonderful. He continued in verse 6. I will sing the Lord's praise. Now he remember he's even a present worship leader. Now King David remember I got a gift of singing. Amen. You know what God? I will sing the song for you. And then he ended with this. For he has been good to me. Now he remember that God is really a good God. He didn't mean no evil to him, but goodness. Now King David regained back trust and confidence in the Lord. He ended up with this, I can trust your goodness that you love me. You've been so good to me, God. I will sing a song for you. He remembered his gift, that he's gifted. That he's a great worshiper. That he's going to sing the songs of praise to the Lord. You know, when you trust God, when you remember that God loves you, your prayer life will change completely. If he started from verse 5, he will never get to verse 1, 2, and 3, and 4. Amen? And he, all his situation, his situation will change. Now let me tell you something. In the whole entire chapter, God didn't say a thing. God didn't say, David, I'm going to give you all what you have right now. And then David said, whoa, thank you, God. I trust your love now. Now let me rejoice. No. Nothing in his situation has changed. He's still struggling in pain. And great expectation from God. But in that time, he remembered that God loves him. He remembered that this God loves him. He remembered that he can trust the love of God. He remembered that he can rejoice in the salvation that his God is able to provide for him. That he can even sing a song. Listen, that's a hard thing to do. When you're in difficult situations. When the doctor tells you, like, hey, man, you can maybe live just a few weeks or a few months, and you start singing a song, oh, Lord, I thank you. You've been so good to me. People are going to say, you're out of your mind. <laughs> he was rejoicing because he believed in the love of his God. Amen. He said, I will sing a new song for you. I can sing songs of praise to you, Lord, because you've been so good to me. Most of the time, we just con concentrate on the on the situation that we're going through, the difficult time that we're going through, we completely forget that this God, he loves us beyond our needs. And he wants us to start seeing him above and beyond our challenges. Because there's nothing that he will not going to be able to do for us. Amen? That is powerful, church. We give God the glory. He's an amazing God. You know, when I was doing my master's in, uh, and going to seminary, I was on my way to school early morning for classes. And my car broke down. I was very mad at God. I said, Lord, this can't be. You know I'm going to school. In fact, not really regular school. Amen. I'm studying your word to serve you later. And you let the car to break down. What do you want me to do? I called a friend, get me to class. The car was towed to the mechanic. 
And then when I hear how much I need to remove the car from, uh, to take the car back from the mechanic, I even get more mad. Amen? Because I don't have money to get the car back. I was sad. I was mad at God. My wife called me to pray. I said, I don't want to pray. I said, you? You just went ahead and pray. Amen? But let me tell you something. When you are in a hard situation, the enemy will never help you to get out. Satan can, open, can only open your eyes to see how bad is your situation. So you can sink. And concentrate on one problem. The enemy will remind you 20. Oh, you're dealing with the health issue. The enemy will remind you a bill that you're not paid, that you don't even have money to pay. Amen? He can open up your eye to see how bad is your situation so you can sink in. The victory that enemy can want over your life is first to convince you to take your eyes from the Lord. And to put your eyes on your struggling. Even though he knows you can't get out. There's nothing that you can do with it. You can't save yourself. But he knows as long as your eyes are on the Lord, he, the Lord will make the way even where there's no way. So he has to convince you to remove your eyes from the Lord, put it in your situation that you can't fix by your own. Then he will gain victory over you. I was very mad. I refused to pray. And I keep on reminding now, oh, there's this bill. I didn't, you didn't pay this credit card. And now you need money to take out the car. I was sad. I was mad. I don't want to pray. I don't want to do anything. I went to class. At that night, I was so tired because I wrote a, uh, uh, an assignment on the attribute of God, almost 15 pages. So I didn't sleep. I was so tired. And then I forgot I didn't bring money for lunch. Amen? <laughs> now, 12 p.m., and we, we get a break to go, to go for lunch. I came out, made the food smell so good, and I can't eat. I was so mad, and I walked away from the building. I went to the parking lot. It's hot outside, and it was only me in the parking lot. Discouraged. Mad. I have two choices. I can concentrate on my issue, and there's no way out. Or I can look unto the Lord. You know, I tell to the Lord, I say, you know what, God? One second is too much for you to change my situation around. But if, if you did not do, I'm going to trust that you love me. I'm going to believe that you are my way out. So now I'm going to praise your name. I'm going to worship you. I don't care if I did come through or not. I start... Trusting the Lord, I start singing a song. I start believing in the Lord, I start singing a song that says He's able, abundantly able to do exceedingly more than I can even think or imagine. I, I get excited. I, I was singing this song and I, I'm the only one in the parking lot. I was praising the Lord. I'm going to give you a secret with we Africans, amen? When we start praising God, we keep one chorus and we start just going back and back on that chorus until we feel it, amen? And then before you know, we'll put some step of dance. I want to dance, and I look around. I'm the only one in this parking lot. I don't want from far away somebody to call now and one. Hey, there's somebody out there that's out of his mind. But instantly, God gave me peace. Wow. None of my problems was resolved, but I have such a great peace. I don't have money to pick up the car. I don't have money to eat. Unless I was tired. Nothing has changed. But one thing that I get was instant peace. This is what the word of God says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose mind are steadfast because they trust in you. Listen, when you look unto the Lord, the first thing that God will give you is peace. I come back in the building, I don't even care what's going around. I don't care my car is at the mechanic. I don't know. I don't even care how I'm going to get home. But I had such a great peace. 
One of the pastor friends like, hey, Pastor Zach, hey, man, hey, hey Zach, we didn't see you at, at lunch. What happened? I said, hey, man, I, I didn't bring money for lunch. He said, don't worry about it. He told the people of the restaurant, hey, give him this, 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 this. So I ended with huge tray. <laughs> I sat down. I said, Lord, even if I brought money myself, I'm not going to spend this kind of money for this. <laughs> I have to thank you for this provision. And I start praising him. I start thanking him. And I noticed like the class started already because I'm coming towards the end. So I, I started eating. I was just thanking God. I was just eating. Then I get to the class. And I see everybody just talking. And just, I was like, what's going on? The class started 30 minutes ago. And then the professor looked at me. He said like, hey, Zach, I hear that you're taking your lunch late. So I hold the class until you finish. I said, you hold the class until I finish. I said, Lord, I got to praise you again. Amen. Praise Lord Jesus. I bow down my head. I start praising God. I start giving him the glory. I said, thank you, Jesus. You hold the whole entire class until Prince Zach finished eating. Amen? <laughs> I was so excited. And I say, amen. I look up. And I saw the professor coming towards me. I say, uh-uh. Here you go. And I think I messed up the paper of last night. Whatever happened, I was just getting nervous. And then he says, Zach, can I see you outside? I say, all right. So I follow him outside and take me behind the class. He said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I really appreciate you. You're going to make a great pastor. I like the way that you intervene during the class. You say a word of God and you bring it closer to life. That is powerful. And I see the gifting of God in your life. You're going to make a great pastor. Then he took out his wallet. He counted about $500. He kept me in my hand. He said, take this. I said, what is this? He said, like, is just talking of appreciation? I said, you mean it's free? He said, yes, it's free. Amen. <laughs> Now he said, well, let's go in the class. I said, no, you go have to do something. As soon as he turned, I started jumping. I started dancing. I started giving God the glory. Do you know one thing? That's the exact amount that I need to take my car from the mechanic. He's an amazing God, church. Sometimes we waste our time in just mourning and, uh, and anxiety and, and deeply on our needs. And we can't see God above and beyond our needs. And until you see him above and beyond your needs, you will never see victory. He's an amazing God. He's a powerful God. That day I learned if I can fix my eyes on him, if I can dare to trust him, if I can focus on him and praise him and trust him, no matter my need and the, uh, how late I think God was in my life, he will always come true. You remember the story of Martha and, 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 and Mary and Lazarus? When Jesus Christ came, they said, Lord, you have, if you have been there, you should not have died. Jesus Christ was four days late at their eyes. But at the eyes of the Lord, he was on time. And he was able to call Lazarus from the tomb and to be alive. This God that we serve is beyond our imagination. We got to dare to trust him. We got to dare to place our trust in him and in him alone. I'm just going to give you four points that will help you in your prayer life. The first one is to pray in the light of his presence. You know, in Psalms 23 verse 4, later on King David say, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now King David learned that circumstances of life were not going to cancel God's presence with him. Amen? And we have today the, the promise of God in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. You know, sometimes when I'm going through a hard time, I just make a creed in my life. Sometimes I write on a piece of paper, put it on my computer, never alone. When you are driving, 
when you're at home, when you're in a uh, sick bed in the hospital, having bad news from bad news from your doctor, just remember, never alone. Amen. Are you a child of God? He is with you. And you can trust his love. You can hold his hand. He's an amazing God. Next point, pray in the light of his word. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 8, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine that? So worry is what? It's sin. Because whatever the Bible said, do not, and you did, you're doing what? You are sinning. Hello? That is the truth of the word of God. So the Bible says, instead of you being, doing worry and staying in anxiety, why don't you just pray? Bring it to God and leave it there. I know I love verse 7. It doesn't say, and God will just provide everything. No, it says, and the peace. Because you know you need peace. Because some of us, the provision will come and bypass us because we're so much in our troubles. We can't even see. So God will give you first peace that you need at a time so you can receive his provision. I love verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. I mean, I love the Bible. Can you imagine that? That you handpick your thoughts. Sometimes you hear something, I don't even want to think about it. I mean, something bad happened. And they're mad. So how if you think about good things, amen? The Bible says you can handpick your, your thoughts. King David said he wrestled in his thoughts, in his heart with his thoughts. And then he ended up in anxiety all day. So guess what? Choose your thought and you will rest in peace and love of God and the joy of Jesus. Amen? Amen. You have the right to choose your thought. It's biblical. Now next point, pray in the light of his goodness. Listen, no matter how, how pressing is your need, I want you to know that God loves you. And he's so good. You know, Psalm 34 verse 8, test and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Yeah. He's good. Last time that I checked, guess what? He's still good. Yeah. Either you like it or not, he's good. Yeah. Either you're happy or not, he's good. Either you get your need met or not, God's still good. Yeah. That's who he is. Pray in the light of his goodness. Don't rob yourself from the joy of the Lord and the goodness of this mighty God that loves you. He's good. King David said, you've been so good to me, God. That's the man that does have a suicidal thought. So depressed and discouraged. But he realized that God loves him. He can rejoice in his salvation. He realized that he can even sing a song to the Lord. Because God has been so good to him. Remember this, God loves you. In verse, Psalm 27, verse 13, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's so amazing. The last point I want to talk about is pray in the light of his love. In fact, that's the first point, but I want to end with this. God loves you. How do we know that God loves, loves us? Look at the cross. Amen? That is the demonstration of his love. Look at the cross. You know, we love John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Now stop at that word, L-O-V-E. Anything that follow after that word 
is nothing but a demonstration. The consequences of that love of God. You know, we, we like saying, like, oh, Jesus Christ died for our sins. True. But let me tell you something. Love killed him. His love. He loved us so much that he can hold back. He has to die in our place. That's so amazing. How we know that God loves us? Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God demonstrated his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He's the, one, he's the one that died. He's the one that came. He's the one that lived a life without sin, but died as a sinner. For us, taking our sin at the cross, three days after, he was raised to life. Amen? Amen. Conquer death, conquer sickness, conquer sin, conquer Satan, the world, demons, and triumph over them. And giving us victory. That is powerful. Love of God. You know, I, 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 a Middle Eastern lady that came to be a believer, uh, come to Christ here, loved the Bible, dive into the Bible every single day, and reading, spending time in the Word of God. One day she read a verse and she called me. She was meditating on the, on the bad student, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, verse 4, and, uh, and 44. He said, You have heard that this I said to you, uh, uh, it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I will tell you, Jesus speaking here, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. And then she told me, are you in the office? I say, yes. She said, I'm coming to you right now. So she dropped and came with her Bible. She put her Bible on, her, on, on the front of me. She said, like, I found something in the Bible that can be. I said, what's that? Jesus said to love our enemy. I said, yes. He said, like, well, he didn't know my ex-husband. <laughs> for sure, Jesus has no idea who was my, that man almost killed me. I said, he did more than you can ever imagine. In fact, he's not, he didn't tell us to do anything he did not do. He, he, he died for us as the enemy of God. That's verse 5 of, of Romans, uh, chapter 5. When did God love us? When we were the enemy of God. You know, sometimes as Christians, we think, oh, I misbehave. Maybe God re restrained his love from me. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Listen, if you love you, then why are you an enemy of God? How much more now that you're his son? If God loves you then that you are so bad are considered as his enemy, how much more do you think God loves you today? You know the way that we love today, you love people that love you, people that do good to you, you know, you, you, you start loving them. Like this, God is different. God loves us beyond that. He didn't love us because we're good and we love him. Amen. He demonstrated his love to people that has nothing to do with his word or loving him. But he demonstrated his love. So it's not only for people that do it good. But God loves us even when we are so bad as sinners. You know, when I was, um, when I went my wife, I believe, I think 13 or 15 years, 15 years ago, she was uh, doing her doctoral program at, U at USF. And I'm telling you, I've, there's many, many people saying like, Zach, do you go to USF? I say, no. The only thing that I don't have is the ID. Every day I'm at USF to see her, Amen. I was there, I parked my car until she came out just to say hello. And then uh, and, uh, and she was studying uh, chemistry. I hate chemistry. <laughs> then I found somebody I love that loved chemistry. Whenever I would go out, she talk about chemistry. I told my brother, I said, like, hey, listen, I rarely fall in love with this, with this, with this lady, but um, yeah, she's studying chemistry. He started laughing. He said, like, how come? Because I know you hate chemistry. I said, listen, I fall in love with chemistry overnight. 
She used to stay in this uh, 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 complex with the student USF, they call Magnolia, whatever. You are USF, so you know the place. Listen, I met my own parking in front of that building. Every day I was there to see her. Sacrifice. You know, it's when you through love come with sacrifice. You not only everything going to be fine, no. You got to take extra steps to demonstrate that love. God has done it. Calvary was not a, a place of vacation. You know, the five-star hotel. Calvary is not all-inclusive resort in, in Cancun or in Australia's Jamaica. It's a place of death. In that place, Jesus Christ was laid. In that place, a powerful exchange took place. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, the word of God says, God made him who, who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, people say Christian life is transformed, is changed life. I believe more than that. Christian life is an exchange life. Amen? He took our nasty life, our sinful life, and he gave us his life. That's why the Bible says, we become, he became sin at Calvary. And we become what? Righteousness. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. He become sin and we become righteousness. And because of that, there's nothing that God will not going to be able to do for us. I want us to look at this verse. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. He who did not spare his only son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously? I want you to keep this word in your mind. Grace, hallelujah. Graciously give us all things. You know, sometimes we believe there's something that God will not going to be able to do for us. No, that is the lies of the enemy. Uh, you know, people are saying there's about 8 billion people living on this planet Earth. I'm one of them, amen? Praise God. You're one of them too. Put them in one scale. 8 billion people. Put the life of Jesus in one scale. Who do you, what do you, what, which life do you think is more important before God? Let me tell you something. He can alienate the whole entire earth right now in a few seconds and create blue people with, with brown eyes that don't know sin. They can only clap and sing songs to him. He can change the tree, come up with brand new trees that would give different fruits. But he did not. He let the life of Jesus to go so he can gain our lives. You know, God said whoever sin must die. We all have common problem with the sin. But God will not going to change his word. Because he said whoever sin must die, somebody has to die. He has to do justice to his word. And he has to show humanity the love that he has. That's why Jesus Christ died. He stepped from heaven to die for us. To be in relationship with us. Salvation is 100% Jesus. Grace was provided 100% Jesus. Now our responsibility is to respond by faith and accept the gift and believe the gift and believe that, yes, Lord Jesus, I know you died for me. You love me beyond measure. Though I can understand, Lord, I trust in you. And I know my right standing before God one day is not my, my, my right doing. is Jesus and Jesus alone. We give him the glory even right now, church. He's an amazing God. He's a wonderful God. I want us to bow down our eyes even right now before the Lord. If you're not sure of his love, this is the time. 
If you have never experienced this powerful love of God, now is the time. The Bible says in the book of Romans, with our heart we believe and with our mouth we confess into salvation. So two things have to take place before salvation takes place in your life. You have to believe with your heart and you have to confess with your mouth. Is anyone here struggling? Not sure about love of God? Dealing with his heart? Lord, I don't know really. I don't understand Jesus. Will you help me? I want to open up my heart to you. If you're that person, I want you to raise your hand. I'm, I'm really willing to pray with you to, uh, at, at this moment. Just raise your hands up. Say, Pastor, help me even right now. I, I really want to, I want to put my life in the hands of Jesus. I want to completely surrender to him. I want you to raise your hand. We're going to pray together. Yes. Yes, sister. Yes, sister. Thank you. Yes. Yes, my brother. Amen. 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 At the back, I'm seeing your hands. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God loves you. That is the starting point. That is the ending point. In fact, it's life with no end. I want you to open up your heart to Jesus even right now. Lord, I believe in you, Jesus. I'm trusting your love right now. I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for conquering death and Satan on my behalf. Thank you for the key of victory that you have given me. I believe in you today as my Lord and Savior. I surrender my life in your hand. From now on, oh Lord, take control in my life. May you receive all the glory. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. My brother and my sister, if you pray this prayer and you believe deeply from your heart that Jesus Christ died for you and you have trusted in him from now on, you are part of the family of God and nothing can change that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now for the rest of us, I want us to all rise. Let's stand if you can. If you can, that's fine. You can pray while you're seated. But somehow you have a place in David's life. There's a moment that you have thought he forgot about you. Or there's a moment that you thought that God hide his face from you. There's a moment that you feel depressed, struggling with your thoughts. There's a moment that in your life was so full of anxiety and battle. You were so discouraged and depressed. Some of us even thought life is not, no longer worth it. We live in fear and discouragement. We got to be honest before God. I want us to take this time and pray together. Ask God to restore you. Ask Lord to speak courage and faith in your life. Ask God to give you boldness to look over your struggling situations, to look over the, the disaster of your life, to see Christ Jesus the Savior, to see Jesus the Lord and the Deliverer, to see your Redeemer, that is, a, that is giving you victory over that situation. And I want you to ask God to forgive you. May Lord forgive us all the time that we accuse him, that we have thought that like he's, he's at the center of our, of our struggles without victory. But while he's calling us home, he wants us to look up and look unto his love. He loved us. He's for us. He's our Lord. 
I want you to ask Lord right now, Lord, give me strength. Whenever I get my knees down to pray, Lord, I will pray in the light of your presence. I will pray in the light of your word. I will pray in the light of your goodness. I will rest in your love. Hallelujah. I will believe that you love me, Jesus. And because you love me, you will move, you will move mountains on my behalf. You will do what only you can do. Lord, I will trust your word. I will trust your name. I will trust your love because there's no one like you. Hallelujah, Jesus. All glory to your name. Oh, Father God, we thank you. Lord, we bless your holy name. We give you all the glory and honor and adorations. We thank you for what you have done today. We thank you for touching our lives with your word. We thank you, oh God, for the power of your love that united us together, oh God, that brought us in this place, oh God. Lord, I am praying right now, Jesus, oh Father, that you enrich our lives with the power of your love in the name of Jesus. That you give us courage and strength to rest on your goodness, oh Father, because you've been so good to us, because you are great, oh God. Help us, oh Lord Jesus Christ, to live with the consciousness of your divine presence with us, no matter how, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. So Father God, we thank you. We give you all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you.